This paid program may not represent the views of Hubbard Broadcasting Incorporated or Federal News Network. Statements and opinions of this broadcast are solely those of individual contributors or advertisers as indicated. Federal News Network does not take responsibility for the statements or opinions and accepts no responsibility or liability for any inaccuracy, errors, or omissions reported during this program. Welcome to Executive Leaders Radio. In this hour, you'll hear directly from our region's finest business leaders. Through each of the interviews, these high-achieving leaders become relatable role models who share how they were able to build their enterprise, their personal secrets of success, about leadership styles and opportunities that lie ahead. Prepare to be inspired and entertained and to hear wisdom unheard elsewhere. Executive Leaders Radio. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio, broadcast from Cressa in Tysons, Virginia. This is your host, Herb Cohen, with my co-host, Tom McBride, Cressa, Daniel cohen Damani with him, Smith & Brown, and Peter Schwartz Vistage. And we'd like to introduce to you today as guests, Patricia Coopersmith, founder and CEO of Rockwood Company, followed by Johnny White, CEO of American Society of Appraisers, Tammy Howie, partner at DLA Piper, and Susan Apgood, CEO of News Generation. Let's get to know our first guest, Patricia Coopersmith, founder and CEO of Rockwood Company. Patricia, what is Rockwood Company? What are you guys doing? Rockwood Company is a management consulting firm. We specialize in helping organizations to design and execute um, flexible strategies in really complex environments. Mm-hmm. Where are you from originally? I am from Washington, D.C. How many brothers and sisters? I am the middle of five children. Uh-huh. What was going on with the, at the community pool when you were a kid? <laughs> sure. I grew up uh, in this area, and right next to us was a community pool. My brothers and I would go at 7.30 in the morning every day in the summer and pretty much not return home until uh, dinner time. Mm-hmm. So what was going on at the community pool? What was your role in it? I ruled the pool. Um, what, what, all right, all right, all right. what do you mean you ruled the pool? Well, I, I kind of uh, helped organize activities, uh, bossed the other kids around, figured out, you know, are we playing sharks and minnows or building forts or going on bike races or catching frogs? Wait, 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 wait. wait. It's, it seems to me that you were creating ideas and collecting ideas, and then you were pulling the other kids around it. How many other kids were there at this neighborhood pool? Dozens. Dozens. And these ideas, were they always your own ideas? Were they innovative ideas? Or were they sometimes other people's ideas? Both, or all of the above. I think okay, sometimes so I pulled so other people. So it didn't matter whether it was your idea or somebody else's idea. It was basically, you were really, how, how young were you when you were doing this? Oh, from the time I was probably six. From the time you were about six years old, you're pulling other people around ideas, whether they're your ideas or other ideas. What's that have to do with what you do for a living nowadays? That is exactly what I do for a living. What are you talking about? What do you mean? So we help organizations basically pull out of their workforce ideas or subject matter expertise and help them kind of uh, form a unified and aligned vision strategy. And okay, then just execute. wanted to make sure I understood. Tom? So it sounds like you had a really fun, sort of carefree uh, childhood. Uh, what did uh, mom do and what did dad do? So my mother was a stay-at-home mom until my parents got a divorce. My dad uh, was a pediatrician. So, okay, and what, how old were you when your parents got divorced? I was about 12 or 13. Okay, so that's obviously a, a life-changing sort of traumatic event at the time. Um, how did you maneuver that uh yeah, what happened time, to yeah. you? How did, how'd you move? In, how yeah. did you then? So uh, certainly your life changes. Um, we moved and um, you know moved into a smaller house. The budget was significantly cut. I think my mother uh, really uh, hammered into me at that point. She had actually never graduated college. She was supposed to, but 
you know, got married and then started having kids. And so she was left in a really bad spot and had to work for the family business as an accountant afterwards. And it was just tight. And so she, she really hammered into me that you can never let yourself get in that position. You have to get your education, but you also have to get a career such right. that you can always so stand on your own. So your mom wanted, your mom hammered into you. How did you go stand on your How did you get a job with this company? Well, I own this company. I found it. Oh, so really, hell, I mean, so really, your mom really created independence in you, which is the reason you started this business. Absolutely. I understand. Okay. All right. Uh, Daniel, what are you thinking? So being the middle of a large family with five siblings, how did that relate to what you do today? So one, you have to learn how to work with uh, very different personalities. Number two, I would say uh, a sense of uh, fearlessness because uh, I was between two boys and, you know, you just have to be tough. You have to be able to hang with them, but also, you know, wrestle or, or whatever you need to do and, and not whine about it. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me, uh, did your father, grandfather have any effect on your life? Yes, my mother's father was a huge influence. How on did he influence you? What did he do to you? Sure, he was uh, an immigrant. Him, uh, from who, where? From Greece. Where'd the company name come from? So the company name, I actually bought uh, his house when after he passed away from the estate. And you bought all. his house. Why'd you buy his house? I bought his, well, a, I had a lot of great memories, but he was my hero. Um, Why he, was he your hero? My grandfather, uh, basically his dad died when he was 16, and he had to step up and be the man of the house. He had three jobs, worked his way. He ended up building a great uh, real estate empire, but he also gave back to the community. Um, wait, 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 wait. So he was your hero because of what? Because of his work ethic, because of his tenacity, because of his positive attitude, and because he cared about every person down from... Uh, you know, the lowest level person in the company to, to the highest. Didn't you also tell us he was like the unofficial mayor of the town or something like yeah. that? So, yes, back in the 60s, there was no mayor of D.C. So my grandfather was the president of the Board of Trade. Um, and effectively, he I pictures with him with every president uh, during that era, and he really helped make decisions with the presidents about the D.C. community. How do you think all that affected you? Well, I think understanding the importance of being part of the community that you're in, not just making money and, and, and employing mm. people, but Sounds also Sounds to me like back. it's really important for you to be proud of what you do. Absolutely. What I, do you mean? Well, it motivates you. You want to be uh, thinking about, you know, that you are making an well, impact I, I on I thought world. business was slimy and all that other kinds of stuff. It doesn't sound like that's the way you are, though. No, I care about outcomes. When I wake up in the morning, I want to be able to say, wow, I'm so excited to go to work today because I know I'm going to make an impact on this world. I just wanted to make way. sure I understood, Peter. Uh, because of your grandfather, I lead this way. Finish that statement. I lead in a way with integrity, uh, with focus, um, and uh, I care very different. Do, uh, care a lot about the people, and I also always know I can get it done. He had a sign on his desk that said, "It can't, with the uh, possibly T crossed off, be done." And I actually have one on my desk now. Everything can be done if you focus and you care. Hmm. Um, so, so what do you enjoy about your life? <laughs> Um, I get the privilege of helping organizations to really um, reach into their workforce and pull out the, the brilliant ideas, um, the subject matter expertise of people, and then not only to help the organization achieve those outcomes that they're striving for, but actually along the way help the leaders to become 
better at leading people, uh, better um, at Well, you are all positive. <laughs> wait, wait, let me ask you a question. When you were, how young were you when you started making money? Oh, I mean, I was uh, selling funny uh, uh-huh. little bottles of stinky water as a joke when I was five, but I was babysitting a lot when I was 10. Who were you babysitting? Everybody in the neighborhood. I what was were you doing different than the other babysitters? I have a sister that's 10 years younger than me, and I basically uh, took over I, I everything from changing. I understand changing. you did that at the pool, and you did it when mom and dad got divorced. Are you, is your middle name constant improvement? <laughs> <laughs> I do love, uh, I, I never can walk by something. If I see something's broken or not working well, I'm going to look into it, and I'm going to say, hey, but how it's can not, that be done? It's not now? constant improvement with the idea to hurt somebody. It's like you're like, you want everybody to win with you. Absolutely. So it's, you want to you want everybody to win with you, and you constantly want to improve. That's one of the reasons you and your firm are hired by your clients to help constantly improve their businesses by yeah. really helping dig into their teams and find the expertise and the talent. Right, and I think the attitude we bring as well, a positive attitude where they can see possibility that they've been beaten down in the past potentially, and now they can see, we help them also see that it can be done, and it might not be the exact way they thought it would, but, but we can that get there That comes from again. your grandfather, that it can be done. Right. What do you mean? No matter what, you will achieve that outcome. You That's bring your grandfather's philosophy to the team members of your clients, don't you? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Uh, what's the best part of your day? Oh, um, so many great parts. Um, again, love working with people who I can help them see their own potential. Are you, mar- are you married or single? I am married to my high school sweetheart. Oh my. Do you have any kids? I have two boys. Similarity between being a mom and being the uh, CEO of Rockwood Company. Hmm. Well, one, you have to listen. Um, <laughs> and two, you really have to... Um, you know, mm-hmm. care and what work have you, hard. What have you learned from your boys that's helped you become a better CEO? That's a great question. I'm supposed to ask the good questions. <laughs> Not that many of them. Um, probably to question maybe what what I was taught as I we, we were younger. Mm-hmm. The generation now um, they just operate differently. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like their and brains. One, one last question: At yeah. home, who wears the pants in the family? You or your husband? We are such a great partnership. What we would really he tell are. me? He would tell you the same thing. We really are a team. There are weeks that I have a really tough weeks at work. All right, I just um, wanted to make sure I understood. Uh, you know, who was really in charge here? What's the website address of the Rockwood Company? It's RockwoodCompany.com. Let me have that one more time. RockwoodCompany.com. We've been speaking with Patricia Cooper Smith, founder and CEO of Rockwood Company, here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website. It's ExecutiveLeadersRadio.com. That's ExecutiveLeadersRadio.com. To learn more about our executive leaders, we'll be back in a moment right after this business spotlight. And your name and organization is? I'm Carol Stizza with Relevant Insight Coaching. And what's your role in that organization? I'm the CEO and founder. Uh huh. And what do you guys do for a living? We actually help executives who are on the cusp of going from organizational work to strategic work make hmm. that transition. Uh-huh. How young were you when you started doing that stuff? Eight. Uh, tell us a little bit about what was going on at eight. My mother died at six, and my dad remarried at eight to when he thought he could uh, reframe as our former mother. And so my brother and I were thrust, thrust into an unwanted merger. Tell us a little bit more about that and what that did to you. To have a replacement mom uh, was quite like having a replacement boss Mm -hmm. with the memories of the boss you love the most. So we were asked to do things differently, uh, told to do things differently, and we didn't do it well. 
how's that affecting you nowadays or how's that helping your clients nowadays? Understanding what people are going through emotionally through change and what got you here isn't going to get you to the next step is vital to be really authentically connected to. Um, to address their feelings and their desires is key and to let them see where they can go is the next step. So you're all about helping manage transition. Yep. You went through some very difficult transitions and you're actually helping what you went through, the pain you went through, you're trying to help other people through in terms of corporate America move through the next transition as a helping hand, with your helping hand. Correct. Uh, what do you enjoy about what you do? I love the diplomacy of having someone put their emotions and goals on the table and then transition it to where they want to go without making it my, my problem and letting them see that it's not personal, it's their career. Mm-hmm. What's the website? What's your website address? Relevant-insight.com. Let me have that one more time. Relevant-insight.com. And your name again and your organization? Carol Stizza with Relevant Insight Coaching. And this has been your business spotlight. And your name and organization is? Shane Miller with Modern Mission Systems. And what kind of stuff do you guys do? We provide technology consulting, uh, primarily with uh, defense services, but we're transitioning to commercial services with cyber security support to small and mid-sized businesses. Mm-hmm. What's your role in the organization? I'm the president and founder. Uh-huh. How young were you when you were playing with technology? Uh, very early age. Uh, my father, always uh, an early adopter of technology, as, a ser- as his, he was a serial entrepreneur as well. So dad was playing with technology and was a serial entrepreneur, and how's that affecting you nowadays? constantly using uh, and pushing the boundaries of what our clients are doing with technology and ensuring they're getting the best out of it. How large or how small is your organization? We have 11 employees. We do a little over a million dollars a year. And you started this business? I did. How long ago did you start this business? About three years ago. Why did you start the business? Well, I've always uh, had a a sense of entrepreneurialism with myself, um, following my father's footsteps. We're also looking for different uh, markets to exploit. Uh Uh-huh. What do you enjoy about what you do for a living? I like to hire people. I like to get into uh, things that I think are interesting, not just what makes money. What do you mean? I thought that's the whole idea of building a business is make lots of money. Well, as long as you can make money and enjoy what you're doing, uh, that's really the essence of a good. So you really enjoy the people. The people and, uh, and what I'm providing and what we're building and the services that we can help other organizations be better at what they want to so be. So it's really enjoying, you enjoy your teammates. It sounds like it sounds like you really enjoy helping your clients and you enjoy the fact that it's technology. Am I seeing that right? Oh yeah, technology uh, enabling companies and organizations and even ourselves be better effective is, is, is what I like to see. What's your website address? ModernMissionSystems.com. Let me have that one more time. ModernMissionSystems.com. ModernMissionSystems.com. And your name again is? Shane Miller. And this has been your Business Spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Johnny White, CEO of American Society of Appraisers. Johnny, what is the American Society of Appraisers? Uh, It's a not-for-profit organization to have members all over the world, uh, approximately about 6,000 of them. Wow. Where are you from originally? Uh, Washington, D.C. And how many brothers and sisters? I am the oldest of three. All right. Eight to 14. What was going on with you? Uh, well, eight to 14, I was a, a nerd. I was oh. always into technology. Well, that was my thing. How about sports? Were you, what kind of sports were you playing? Uh, unfortunately, I didn't have the opportunity to play sports. How come you didn't have the opportunity uh, to play in sports? Uh, my parents had divorced when I was around eight years old, so... I immediately became the leader of the family, so I didn't have the time to go play sports. When you say you became the leader of the family when your parents got divorced, uh, who'd you go live with, mom or dad? Uh, living with my mom. 
Uh-huh. Did Were somebody you told to become the leader, or did you assume the role? I assumed the role. Why? Um, because I saw my mother was struggling. Um, you know, she had to work, um, and unfortunately, the, the hours of her working was late. How old were you when you made that decision? Um, at eight. So what's it like for an eight-year-old to take over the leadership of a family? Um, it's hard because you stop being a kid and you become an adult um, pretty quickly. Um, so I had to figure out how to support my mother from a financial standpoint. From uh, um, wait, 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 wait. You're eight years old. You're trying to figure out how to support your mother? Yes, yes I was. Tell us about that. What do you mean? Uh, I mean, I felt that you know um, we weren't making or she wasn't making enough money to support all the things that we require as kids um, so I took it upon myself to do auditing jobs uh, working at a grocery store um, being a bag person to having right, my right, own, I got a uh, question how, how did this how did this um, uh, sense of deep responsibility how's that playing out nowadays in your role as the CEO of the American Society of Appraisers um, I think it plays a, a huge role in that, and that is that um, in this organization, uh, you ha I'm, have become a leader. I am the leader, um, and same as I was as a kid, I have staff and I have members that I have to take care of. Uh-huh. Good. Tom, what are you thinking? So uh, th that's a obviously traumatic type of event. Uh, you obviously le led your – you've got two siblings. What's the leadership trait that you uh, take away from that experience that you bring with you to work as a CEO of the – association well my brother and sisters they were you know totally opposite individuals so it was a lot of uh, conflict management that I had to do um, and I find that I have to do that um, today and in an organization where you have 6,000 members there's a lot of personalities um, and I find myself doing a lot of conflict management you know each of them are my own kids and, and you were complaining a lot right to your brothers and sisters at the time that you had to take on this leadership role and and they were hearing you complain a lot about interesting about no no i new i did not complain board. no i actually <laughs> right. i didn't complain i was i feel as a leader you should not let them see you sweat so i was in that type of role i didn't have my sibling see mm -hmm. when things were not good or things were you know daniel bad what do you think of Daniel? So, Johnny, you were nerd at a very young age, and I'm curious, how did you get money to get a computer that young? Well, first of all, let's talk about that computer. Uh, it <laughs> wasn't a, you know, a, a, a fully um, equipped computer. I was able to take parts and build a computer. So, you know, taking these audit-in jobs, using the buy, you know, the mainframe, the CRT, the keyboard and stuff, and put it together. So that's how I was... Uh, Able to put that how, how does playing with computer at a young age influence your career forward and yeah. relates to who you are today? It's it's all about innovation. Uh, for me, I wanted to to build the next best thing from a computer standpoint. So as you look throughout my career, as I go into an organization, I'm trying to figure out the best way to incorporate innovation to make the organization better. Peter, well, leadership isn't just about making sure everybody gets along. Uh, how do you go about making the tough decisions? Uh, well, that's a hard one. You get you have to live with those decisions. Um, you know, not everyone's going to be happy. I uh, unfortunately have to deal with that every day with the organization I'm with because we have different types of uh, backgrounds, different types of personalities. But it all falls back to you want to make a decision that's going to be best for the entire organization, and that's kind of how I I look at it. I understand I that as a kid you didn't have time to do sports because you were taking care of the family because mom and dad were divorced when you were eight. And uh, I'm wondering if you have time for sports nowadays. 
Oh yeah, I love sports. I love to attend sporting events, and I love to play um, sports. What kind I play, of sports? I play basketball, golf. What's your uh, What's your role with this basketball stuff nowadays? Yeah, so you know, the last five years, I um, got into this league, um, and um, I built a team. I recruited individuals that I know in the industry and said, "Hey, you come built and play a team." Yeah, is that interesting? You're always involved with building teams. It sounds like your brother and sister. This organization of appraisers, now a basketball team. What's your role on the basketball team? What, uh, what position do you play? I play the point guard. What's, what's, the, what's the personality trait you bring to playing point guard? It's that supportive um, trait. Uh, you know, as a point guard, you're leading the team, and you're giving the ball to those that, you know, is going to be able to make that shot, or you take it upon yourself and make the shot. Is there is there a parallel between that and being, it says here you're the CEO of the American Society of Appraisers and being a point guard? Absolutely. What's uh, the you, similarity? You have to know when to be a leader and when to allow others to be leaders, and that's what I'm doing within the organization. Um, there's expertise that's within this organization, and there are times where we need those expertise. I'm allowing them to be the leader. Same thing with a point guard. I'm going down the, the court and you know, I got a guy on me. I'm going to try to find that guy that's open. I'm giving him the opportunity to be leader at that point. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I understand that you know you had uh, you know you really put your nose at a grindstone when you were a kid, and nowadays you know you're the head of this association. It sounds to me like you got a pretty good self-esteem. You don't need to take all the credit. Where'd that come from? Uh, that really came from my mom. Um, you know, she's a very passionate person, um, but she wasn't the type that always would want to be in front and center. Um, again, I think taking that same philosophy, you know when to be leader and not be a leader, and, and that's what I take to uh, this organization. So your mom knew when to step out front. She knew when. So that's what. That's interesting you learned that from your mom. Yeah. What, what's the anchor uh, that you have in your life for g- getting through these challenges and the adversity that you've had? Hmm. Um, I would say it's my own family. I have uh, two kids, a, a son and a daughter, and, and my wife. I think um, that's been my anchor to keep me going. And talk to me about uh, you've got a full life. You've, you've got this new free time to do some more sports that you, you didn't get to do as a kid. You're running this uh, association. You've got a family. Uh, time management is obviously a critical component of how you get through the day, I assume. It, uh, if, for those who can't see, because you're listening on the radio, the gen- you've got two, you're wearing two watches. Does that uh, <laughs> in, inform how you maneuver your day? Uh, somewhat. Uh, I do have two watches. I, I call one a timepiece because I love watches, and then I call the other technology, an innovation part of me. Um, and I use the timepiece to tell time, then I use my uh, smartwatch to keep up with all the technology. When you, when you were a little kid, did you have a watch? Uh, no, I did not have a watch. When, when a did you know you wanted a watch? How young were you? Uh, actually, I, um, I it was when I was probably in the 19, about 19 years old. What, what's that watch? Rep- what, what did the two watches represent to you? Um, my timepiece represents success. My uh, smartwatch represents who I am as a nerd. Tell us a little bit about that. In terms of your relationship to him, how he shaped you. I'm sorry, what was How he shaped you, Who? your dad. Oh, my dad. Um, my dad is actually a, a, a gentleman that uh, has a great personality. Everyone likes him. Everyone wants to be his friend. Um, and I saw that as a person that I wanted to be, too. I wanted to have a personality that's contagious. Um, and I would say that I've taken that from my, my father. Great. When you applied for this uh, gig as the CEO of the American Society of Appraisers, you told us about the, what happened in the interview. Would you repeat that, please? 
Sure. So I went through the recruitment process for this organization, and I think uh, what really stood out amongst all the candidates was my personality. Um, they were very, very comfortable um, talking to me, working with me, and they thought this that my personality would be perfect for all the different type of members that we have with the organization. Mm -hmm. If the 10-year-old version of you was sitting across the mic from you, what would you tell him right now? It's going to be tough, but you're going to make it. What are you talking about? What do you mean? It It's, you know, uh, being a, a nerd, um, it was rough back then uh, as a kid. Uh, you, you weren't, you know, I, I didn't get the opportunity to do all the different sports stuff. I didn't get picked a lot of times on a lot of those um, teams. Um, uh, I didn't get the prettiest girl. Um, so as time went on, I, you know, it was it was you know, rough going through those times. What's the website address? The American Society of Appraisers. It, it is appraiser.org. Let me have that one more time. Appraisers.org. We've been speaking with Johnny White, CEO, American Society of Appraisers, here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders. And we will be back in a moment, right after this break. And your name is. Jeff Lawson. And Jeff, what organization are you with? I'm with Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And wh what do you guys do? What kind of stuff are you doing that's special? Well, we manage uh, conference centers and hotels, and we're currently managing the National Conference Center in Leesburg, Virginia. National Conference Center. How large or how small is this organization? Um, the conference center itself is 900 rooms in size, 350,000 square feet of meeting space, dining facilities for 850, uh, exercise facility all set on 61 acres of land. Wow, this is a large organization, isn't it? It is, very large. Uh huh. And what's your role in the organization? I'm the general manager, and I have oversight of the uh, property and all the hospitality services that occur. Well, what's the general manager supposed to do with this large facility? Make sure I have a, make sure eight executive committee members and a, and a full uh, staff of 210 do their daily jobs. So how many folks do you have running through your halls on a weekly basis or daily basis or annual basis? What's that look like? Well, on a weekly basis on a full house, we'll have uh, 900 per night, um, seven nights, uh, 6,300, which translates to about 20,000 meals a week. Wow. And uh, your job, are you working nine to five or do you end up having to work evenings and early mornings and weekends and stuff like that? No, I'd say I'm always on duty. Uh-huh. Wh what do you enjoy about your job? Meeting people, working with some of the finest hospitality people in Virginia, which is my team, and meeting our clients because they're wonderful. So you're helping your clients plan their events? Well, we help plan. Uh, they are there for some form of education that goes on at one end of our business, and at the other end of our business, they're there for social catering events, uh, weddings, and such. So you're you're well, you're running a twenty-four by seven facility, aren't you? We are. Uh huh. What's the website address of this organization? Conferencecenter.com. Let me have that again. Conferencecenter.com. And your name again is Jeff Lawson. And the name of the organization? Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And this has been your business spotlight. And your name is Ray Briscuso. And Ray, what organization are you with? Life Sciences Conference Group. And what is Life Sciences Conference Group? What do you folks do? We produce annual conferences and events for medical technology, life science, pharmaceutical companies. Uh huh. So if I go to an event, you're the folks that are working behind the scenes to make it happen? That's correct. We're the ones that make sure the food's on the table, the seats are there, sound stage and lights of their registration process works and, and what kind of events are these are these just in the life science industry strictly in the life science industry why, why do you focus on the life science industry uh, we found that the best way to produce a high quality event is to really know your customer so we don't believe in numbers it's names we get to know each company we find out what their actual mission and goals are and we find the best way to deliver the value to them and are you doing this nationally or regionally 
We do it nationally. We're continuing to look for international opportunities, but it's primarily here in North America. And how old is this company? Uh, the company has just finished its 10th year. And how long have you been with the company? I founded the company 10 years ago. What gave you the idea to start this company? I used to work for a big corporation, and I produced the annual event for us. And when I decided to leave, they said, thank you for giving us $150 million worth of a business, and we'll see you later. And mm -hmm. next time I decided I would keep some ownership and do it myself. Ah, so you've been building you've been building this ever since. What do you like about your job? I like how different it is because we mix policy, we mix business. I might be putting one CEO together with a politician, I might be putting another CEO together with an investor, mm -hmm. and I might be putting the next person together with their next employee. How interesting. Well, what's the website address for this organization? Medtechconference.org. Let me have that one more time. Medtechconference.org. And the name of the organization again is? Well, Life Sciences Conference Group. Life Sciences Conference Group. And your name is? Ray Briscuso. Ray Briscuso. We've been talking to Ray Briscuso, CEO and managing partner of Life Sciences Conference Group here on Executive Leaders Radio. This has been your business spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Tammy Howie, partner at DLA Piper. Tammy, what is DLA Piper? What are you guys doing? We're a full-service law firm that's worldwide, and I particularly represent startup companies in the bio and tech space. Startup companies in the bio and tech space. Okay. Where are you from originally? Bryantown, Maryland. Maryland. And how many brothers and sisters? I'm the youngest of three. The youngest of three. And what was going on with you 8 to 14 years old? Well, I had a perfect brother and a perfect sister, so I was trying to find my way to shine. Ah, I see. Okay, all right. There was a lot of competition when you were a kid. Yes. Uh-huh. All right. Peter, what do you think? Well, why shine? Why not just be good enough? Because I'm extremely competitive, um, and my brother was the perfect sports hero, and my sister was the beauty queen and theater queen, so I had to find my role, and so I realized I was pretty smart. And while I did theater and sports, I was never going to win, so I decided I would focus on being the smartest kid in the family. And then how did that start to play out in other areas of your life? Well, I had to win at everything I did, so um, I would always look for a hole, and that's carried through all the way to my career. So even at my law firm, I would, um, when I came into the law firm, I got a choice of what practice group to go into, and everybody was going into venture capital at the time. So I decided to go into the startup world and really help them from the beginning up until financing. Right. So I've always looked for a hole and an easy way to shine. Tell us about mom and dad. Um, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and she later went into helping special ed students. And my dad was a Washington Post distributor who also did public service um, projects in the community. Well, say more about the public service aspect. Were you involved in that? I was. So my dad was the chairman of the Board of Parks and Rec for our county, and he decided that he wanted to be the pre-release prison coach, so he would go to the prison and coach their basketball team, and he would make sure I was there to help out, and I was the scorekeeper since I was good at math. So you were watching prisons, prisoners? Oh, I knew them all. I knew their names. I knew what they did. My dad made sure that I understood what they did, number one, so I wouldn't do it, and number two, to show that people can um, they can change and they can become better people, and um, I really felt close to them. Was there one in particular that stood out that you could talk about? Yes. There was one guy who was named Slick Hands, and he was the best basketball player. He also stole cars growing up, but not because he needed – 
um, to steal the cards because he was supporting his family um, because his dad had left and his mom was ill and that was the only way he could get money. And he was one of the greatest people I ever met. What, what did that do to you? How did that affect you? How did he affect you? It made me give people a second chance and made me ask why and made me forever. I've been in the public service. I, I volunteer on boards and I help um, the underprivileged and I um, help people get jobs. What's that have to do with your legal practice with helping these startups? Well, I uh, obviously could have done anything. I could have worked for Marriott being at DLA Piper or um, small companies. And I realized that the ones I could help the most and make the biggest impact with were people that were trying to get a business started in a really tough environment to raise money. Thomas? It sounds like er earlier in the green room, we talked a lot about your youth uh, and your competitiveness with your siblings. Wh where do you think that came from? Um, well, I think that it came from my father because he was very competitive. He was my softball coach and it was ingrained in me. Um, and I may have just been born with it because it's been about everything. What, 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 as a kid, what were your Sunday night? Did you have a family dinner routine around a table, uh, anything like that? So Sunday for us was football. There's no deviation. We were Redskins fans, and we would wake up in the morning and start making our snacks, and then the only time we could eat was halftime of the 4 o'clock game. Where would you get these lessons from your dad about the prisoners and uh, getting people a second chance and sort of these life lessons? Where, where did that often occur? Well, he worked a lot, and he worked at night, um, the night shift, because that's where he could make the most money, and I would do ride-alongs with him at night from 1 in the morning to 5 in the morning and then go to school. And what would your mom say when you were out on the car from one to five. Well, my dad and I are stubborn, so there was nothing to say because we were going to do what we wanted to do. You were, so. uh, one to five in the morning, you were doing what with your father? He was a Washington Post distributor, and he would deliver bundles of papers to the carriers and to the stores. And he had this huge personality, and I loved to go because everybody loved him. So I'd get free donuts at Mr. Donut, and I'd get free Slurpees at 7-Eleven. And you'd learn a lot. And I'd get to spend time how, with how him. How young were you when you were doing this? I started at about eight uh -huh. And um, actually, I ran my own routes in high school because uh, my dad had a back injury and there was no replacement. So uh -huh. somebody in the family. How, had to how's that? How's that? How's delivering? Uh, how's doing that delivery at one to five in the morning, starting at the age of eight? How's that affecting you nowadays? What's that have to do with who you are? It has been amazing for me because I have a work ethic that is non-stoppable. So when I was young associate and working public offerings and would have to stay up for three days in a row, I was the only one that could do it because there is just no way that the deal just can't get done. Just like the papers had to be delivered because if not, our family would not survive. Daniel? T tell us about playing softball at a young age. What, what position did you play? Well, when I was, I decided to play softball because I was a nerd and I realized nobody thought that was cool. So I tried to cover that up by having other activities. So I went into sports and played catcher because nobody else wanted to play catcher because girls didn't want to get dirty. And I found I didn't have to work as hard to shine there. So why catcher? Um, first of all, I got to be involved in everything. I get to control the situation. Some say I might be a teeny bit of a control freak. And I got to call all the plays and decide what pitches were being thrown. I understand you were a singer too. What 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 did you do, did did you do different there? Well, again, I'm the second best in my family at that. My sister is an amazing singer and still is. So I had to do a different genre, and she was Broadway queen. So I decided to go into gospel and realized that I was pretty good at that and could be the best in the family if I did that. You make it sound so easy. Certainly, there had to be a failure along the way that you'd love to tell us about. 
Um, well, I work really hard. I have a lot of failures, but I don't tell anybody when I do things that fail. So that's one of my secrets. But I work, I think I have ADHD and I know I have OCD. So I work really hard until I get better at it. But my big fail was the flute. I just couldn't get it. And my sister was great at that. And I tried to do that and I just couldn't get it to work. So it sounds like there's been a lot of success in your life. Your family's obviously talented. Uh, one thing I was wondering is what scares you? Um, what scares me is losing my family because they are my rock. I have an amazing husband who's the general counsel of a tech company and often disagrees with me, um, and that's good for me. And, um, and I have three amazing kids that are just my rock, and no matter what my day's like, I come home and they're there for me. And at work, as, a, as an attorney, what scares you? Nothing, because I know I can conquer it if I just work hard enough. So you have three kids, and um, uh, what have you learned from your kids about being an attorney, a good attorney? Um, negotiation skills, because they all challenge me every <laughs> single day and disagree with everything that I do. And they've definitely let me know that I am not as smart as I think I am. So they've been very <laughs> helpful to let me know that, especially in the tech world. They've let me know that I might know the words around the technology, mm -hmm. but I know nothing about technology. I wrote on the word theater. Why, 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 why is theater down on my piece of paper about you? Um, I lost theater um, in early on in my life so that I could be really great at my career. And now that I'm pretty good at my job, I've come back to it in the last few years. So I do theater with my daughter now. And most recently, I was Velma Van Tussel in Rockville Music Theater Company this summer. Uh -huh. what, 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 what do you enjoy about acting? It comes very easy. It's the one piece I don't have to work at. I just open my mouth and the music comes out and I get to be a different person. I don't have to be in charge. I don't have to be super nice and I don't have to be super smart. I can be the role and be a very different person. Mm -hmm. uh, so how young were you when you decided you wanted to be an attorney? Um, probably birth, but I can remember my earliest negotiations at five on the playground, negotiating to get a better swing or negotiating t with people to get on the better kickball team. Um, and I, I was pretty good Were at you it. negotiating with mom or dad? Um, I never had to negotiate with mom because she was the sweetest person ever. Um, but dad and I butted heads a lot. So, and he was a great rival. So he sharpened your swords yeah, it sounds to me did. like he really enjoyed the relationship with you taking you to the prison taking you on uh you know at one o'clock in the morning to do these deliveries well i always said he wanted another boy and uh -huh. um i definitely was his boy so uh -huh. i did everything with him we went to football games i was at a lot of the redskins winning games and we had a great time together. how's that how's that um how's being your dad's son how's that affecting your uh, legal career nowadays how's that help you how's that help your clients well the corporate legal world is very male dominated and I just believe I'm one of them so there's no differentiator there and uh, in the finance world because that's a lot of what I do it's mostly men and I have I probably know more about sports than they do I often win the fantasy football league um, mm -hmm. games that we play uh -huh. so what's the website address for DLA Piper um, DLA Piper.com we've been speaking with Tammy Howie who's a partner at DLA Piper here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website. It's executiveleadersradio.com. To learn more about our Executive Leaders Radio, it's executiveleadersradio.com. To learn more about our Executive Leaders, we'll be back in a moment right after this break.
I'm Tina Leone. I'm the CEO of the Boston Business Improvement District. And what is the Boston Business Improvement District? We work to attract, support, and connect the most compelling, creative, and ambitious minds in our region. It is known as an epicenter for research and discovery. Uh, some of the greatest things that are invented, such as the MRI, the barcode, the internet, the first satellite, all were either conceived, funded, or developed by organizations here in Boston. How, how old is this organization? We're just, just shy of six years old. How long have you been there? How long have you been uh, there? Almost six years as well. Did you found this organization? Yes, I, I am the founding CEO. Why did you do that? Well, they, they, the organization actually came about uh, by the commercial property owners in why, Boston. Why, why, why does it turn you on? Why does your gig turn you on? <laughs> people. I mean, we the, the, the ability to connect people and then who knows the next great idea is going to result from that. We have incredible minds in the Washington, D.C. area, and Boston is, as I said, the epicenter for the smartest people in this area. So your job, you're like the master connector. I feel like the mayor of, of Boston, the mayor of innovation, because that's uh -huh. what's happening. So your idea, your, your thought is that in order to create more stuff, in order to launch more businesses, in order to cause more good, it's a matter of connecting exactly. the right people. Exactly. And you like being in the middle of all that I, stuff. Oh, we love it. We love it. And simple things, just connecting people through events, through art, uh, through a happy hour. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's going to come out of that. Mm -hmm. That's what's exciting. So it's all about the people. And you're the uh, you're the founder of this organization. Is this a nine to five kind of job oh, for you? Hell no. It's a lot longer uh -huh. than that, baby. So do you have to you have to work the weekends and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, sure, sure. Let me have the website address of this sure, it's organization. It's bostonbid.com, and, and you can download Boston Connect mobile app. Let me have uh, let me have that website address one more bostonbid.com. It's B-A, give me the spelling on that. B-A-L-L-S-T-O-N-B-I-D.com. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And your name again is? Tina Leone. And the name of the organization? Is the Balsam Business Improvement District. And this has been your business spotlight back in a moment. One help building your business with help from the show's CEOs? Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money. All the big issues because our CEOs have been there and done that. Succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that. Succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. Some of the CEOs who have appeared on our shows over the last 10 years may be willing to help you grow, assuming you've ser you're serious about your success, serious about your own success, because it all starts with the leader. If you're serious about creating your own successful business or truly committed to putting your nose to the grindstone and doing whatever it takes to make your business successful, we may be able to match you with successful CEOs who have created millions of jobs and earned millions of dollars to help you create your success. We've established unique relationships with a unique universe of over 7,000 CEOs who have created substantial wealth for their companies, their teams, and themselves. These women and men get the build in their blood and often continue to start and build businesses even after they've created substantial wealth for themselves because they love the challenge of building a business. Perhaps we can present you and your business to some of these CEOs to gain their interest in helping you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com to hopefully match you with some of the CEOs we've had on the show for the last 10 years. Mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. 
We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Susan Apgood, CEO of News Generation. Susan, what is News Generation? What are you guys doing? News Generation is a media relations company that focuses on getting our clients on radio and television to tell their stories. Oh, interesting. And uh, where are you from originally? I'm from South Orange, New Jersey. South Orange, New Jersey. How many brothers and sisters? I'm the youngest of three. Youngest of three, South Orange, New Jersey. And what were you doing like 8 to 14-ish? At age 8, I did start a magazine that I uh, wrote articles for, had my friends write articles for, and then I distributed, sold it uh, throughout the neighborhood. You're 8 years old. And I can understand mowing lawns, babysitting. You started a magazine. So give us the functions that were involved in starting this magazine. I had a couple friends that I knew from school who wrote articles. Um, My brother loved to ride motocross bikes, so he was my distributor. Uh, And my dad would make copies of the magazine at his office, and I would put them together and color them and staple them, and my brother would go off and sell them for a quarter. So you're you're a natural organizer, a natural understander of where everybody fits, and a natural organizer of those talents starting at the age of eight, aren't you? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Well, not everybody at eight years old is thinking of starting a magazine. Right. What is it about you that had to do that? Uh, I think we just were talking one day and found a need. We had a ton of kids in our neighborhood, and we thought it would be fun to be able to share stories about our families and what was happening at the local pool. And Who's we? Um, just the neighborhood kids. I, there were lots of large families in the town where I grew and up. What was your role with the neighborhood kids? Um, I presume the role of the oldest child, even though I am the youngest, and I think I was just sort of born a leader, and people would look to me on what to do next, and that was sort of so one again, of the things that came So again, you're coming up with ideas and organizing everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay, I just yes. wanted to make sure I understood. Yes. What'd you do with the money you made? Um, I remember about a red bike that was a Schwinn with a white banana seat mm-hmm. that later got stolen, oh, so um, but I'm a saver too. I've always uh, been a saver. I figured, Thomas. So talk to us earlier. You had mentioned that you uh, come from a big, a large family. You have a lot of cousins. How I many do. cousins? I have 22 first cousins on my dad's side. And uh, locally in, in, in New Jersey? They just about all live in New Jersey. And so what was that like having coming from such a large family? Well, it was mostly, because I'm the fourth of the 22, mm-hmm. it was mostly the presumption about my dad's family, him being the oldest of 10, of which I had uncles and aunts that were 15, 17 years older than me. So it was more that what connection. Were, what was your reputation amongst your cousins? I was definitely an organizer. I was definitely, um, I was very nerdy when I was young. I was a pleaser, wanted to get everything right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that that... that Is there a similarity between your reputation amongst your cousins and what you do for a living nowadays? I think so. What's the similarity? Uh for example, we're having a party this weekend, and I have organized um, everything. Uh, there are 14 <laughs> girl cousins. Is there a similarity between starting the magazine and what you're doing nowadays? Uh, yes, What's keeping um, cash flow going, keeping things organized, keeping uh, people engaged. Uh-huh. Daniel, uh, what, what did mom do for a living? So my mom stayed at home when I was young and then got her business degree when I was in sixth grade. And at the time, she bought and sold magazines and she ran a couple of old folks' homes. What, what, what did you bring from what your mom did into who you are today in your business? My mom is extremely calm. Uh, she is a problem solver. Uh, she's very creative, and people love being around her. 
Mm-hmm. How about that? My dad worked at the same career his entire career. He was an attorney. Uh, he worked for our local county, and then he worked for the attorney general until he retired about 20 years ago at age 57. Any quality from your dad that you you bring today? My dad is fiercely loyal to his family. Loyal. Tell us and more. He loyalty in business. Loyalty. Uh, he remembers where he came from. Uh, and people that do good, strong things around him, he will always remember that. And uh, he will always show allegiance to those people. And I'm exactly the same way. So I understand you were also a gymnast growing up. I was. Talk I was to us about that. I was a competitive gymnast from about the age of 10 to 17. Uh, and I uh, was the New Jersey State Champion on Balance Beam uh, when I was 12 years old. And uh, being a gymnast, I had to be very focused with my time. Uh, my resources were, were limited in terms of time, so I had to make sure I could get my homework in, and get my social the, life what's in. what's the connection between uh, inches away from splitting your head wide open and running a business? Well, I think it's just that focus on the end score, the end goal, making sure that you're doing everything right around, along the way, practicing as much as you can so that when it c- comes yeah. time to compete, you can and hit I'll it out of the park. I bet you've had more than one perfect dismount. What's that feel like? It's amazing. Uh, when I landed and won the state championship, I knew it. My coaches knew it. And it was one of the most thrilling moments of my life. Thomas? What are the challenges of coming from a large family that has a reputation in the town? Oh, yeah. Good question. I think um, standing out, uh, showing that you um, are different than everybody in your family. Uh, When I was 16, I had the privilege of coming here to Washington to be a page uh, for my local congressman. And that was something that definitely made me stand out. um, Is there a messaging messaging issue when you've got that big group of cousins in the town that that informs the work that you do? that you learned at an early age? I think it is. I think um, being... How insightful, Thomas. Being together at big family dinners when I was a kid, um, just competing for stor- you know, time to tell a story. So you had to be quick. You had to be funny. You have to be engaging. And you'd have to eat fast so you could get food before everybody else did. That's very insightful, Thomas, especially for real estate. I'll guy. come back. Uh-huh. So, uh, Su- Susan, so, so you had a bunch of cousins, and um, so you felt, uh, earlier Peter asked you, did you feel an obligation because of the family name? I did. I, I mean, even just with my siblings, who are one and two years older than I am, I'm very different from my sister. She is an amazing person, but we just have very different ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. So I would walk into class, and they would say, oh, you're a Matthews. Uh, wow. You know, they knew who my siblings were, uh-huh. and so I felt like I was always trying to correct what my brother and sister ah, had done. That's the messaging thing that Tom was talking about earlier. Isn't that what you do for a living? Create messages and make sure that they get published? It is. My job is to be a connector between people that have great stories to tell and then providing them with the medium in which to tell it. So you're trying to figure out how to, how to, how to, how to craft everyone's message like you had to do for yourself and then how to get it out there. Correct, and make sure that people are listening. And you've been doing this since you were like eight years old with this magazine you started. Correct, and uh-huh. I started my company when I was 27. Why so I've been at it a while. Why did you start your own business? Why did you go to work for somebody? I was just finishing my MBA and I had a client that came to me and said, I know you're going to get a job and leave this agency, but you should really start your own company. 
Um, and if it doesn't work, then you can get a job in six months at uh, you know a firm that uh, you always wanted to work at. But give us a chance. Let us work together. And actually, that client was Microsoft, um, and it was in 1997. Mm-hmm. So it was a huge tech. Yeah, and you're ready. You're running your own. Yeah, running your own business when you're eight years old with the magazine. I mean, you understood about a bunch of moving pieces. Absolutely. What's the biggest obstacle you ever you ever overcame? The biggest obstacle um, ever ever was uh, my company was audited uh, for its 401k plan. About 10 years into my business, I was I had a 10 month old at home and I was pregnant with twins, and I got an audit that was the darkest time of my life. Mm-hmm. How did it come out? Uh, it came out fine because I actually didn't do anything wrong, but mm-hmm. the message is. I felt like Mm -hmm. a criminal um, and I realized, I don't know what it was, but I felt like I must have done something wrong because why would they audit me? I did not. And I I wrote a letter to the commissioner of the IRS and said, I am a mom, I'm a woman-owned business, pregnant with twins. If I don't get this resolved, I'm going to call the Today Show and Good Morning America. Uh, and I will go on camera with my children and tell them this story. And the next day, I got a notice that said that they would settle if I just paid $5,000 for some fee. Um, but the initial notice I got from them said that I had done all these things wrong and there was a possibility of going to jail. Good for you. It sounds to me like you're, that you understood what's right and what's wrong and you hadn't done anything wrong. Correct. You know, and that you're also very good at messaging, fortunately. Right. What's the website address of News Generation? Newsgeneration.com. Newsgeneration.com. We've been speaking with Susan Apgood, CEO of News Generation here on Executive Leaders Radio, as well as we've had the opportunity. I was speaking with Patricia Coopersmith, founder and CEO of Rockwood Company. What's the website address of Rockwood Company? One more time. Rockwoodcompany.com. And we also had this opportunity of speaking with Johnny White, CEO of American Society of Appraisers, and I believe the website address of that is appraisers.org. Tommy Howie, partner of DLA Piper, it's dlapiper.com. And Susan, your website address again is? Newsgeneration.com. Susan Apgood, CEO of News Generation. I'd like to thank my co-hosts, including Tom McBride, the insightful Tom McBride from Cressa, Daniel Cohen-Dumani from Witham, Smith & Brown, and Peter Schwartz Vistage for giving me a hand structuring the questions. Hope you're providing our listening audience an educational and entertaining show. I'd like to thank my listening, our listening audience for listening. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a radio show. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders. Thank you for joining us today, and have a nice day. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Executive Leaders Radio, the region's premier radio show highlighting local executive leaders. We hope you've enjoyed the show here on 1500 AM. You can learn more about Executive Leaders Radio by visiting executiveleadersradio.com or tune in next time right here on 1500 AM. That's executiveleadersradio.com.